Living daily as a disciple of Jesus Christ is not easy in this world. And some days we need God's help just to, just to help us to put one foot in front of the other. Some days we need God's help to keep praying. We need God's help to keep standing, to keep working. Some days we feel like the only success was that we didn't quit today. And some of you may be tempted to escape a trial by quitting. Don't quit. But I urge you, I urge you, with every ounce of energy that I can muster, I urge you, don't give in to despair. Don't. The anaconda of hopelessness will squeeze the life out of you. Don't give in. You can't give up. You just can't, folks. You just can't. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. You've got children. You've got grandchildren. You've got a legacy. You've got friends. You've got neighbors. And they're needing somebody to rise up in the midst of these difficult days and say, I ain't quitting. I ain't quitting. Others are throwing in the towel. But I'm not. First, you cannot give up. When you enter into your long season, you've got to give it all you've got. Don't quit. There's two things that you can do with trouble. You can let trouble make you better or you can let trouble make you bitter. And that's your choice. And so when you're going through hard things, you got two choices. You can give in and give up, or you can get strong. Amen? And I believe that we can do anything that God gives us to do, but the one thing we cannot do is give up when it gets hard. Make a statement, make a stance that I am not going to be moved. I am not going to give up. I'm not going to quit as a father. I'm not going to quit as a provider. I'm not going to quit as a Christian. I'm not going to quit as a believer. I'm not going to quit the call of God that's on my life. I'm not going to quit what God's called me to do where my community is concerned. I'm not going to quit in, my, in all of my well-doing. I'm not going to quit on the, on the gift that God has given me. I am not a quitter. I am more than a conqueror. And with Jesus Christ, I overcome every temptation to quit. So you get yourself up. You stop feeling sorry for yourself as if you're the only one that's ever gone through trouble. Get up. Dust all of that stuff off of you. Hold your head up. Put your shoulders back. But let that devil know, I have an announcement to make. There's no more quit in me. There is no more quit in me. You ought to make up your mind, I'm going to make it. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to lay down and I'm not going to be a statistic. I'm going to make it because God is on my side. That no condition is too dark, no situation is too impossible, no problem is so severe that God can't in a moment in an instant, overturn, intervene, interrupt, and reverse the course of events. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God has a plan for you, and know this, his plan for you is better than your plan for yourself. So never be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God. In God's hands, no script is predictable. No storyline is inevitable. No outcome is certain. Don't let the middle of the story confuse you. Don't be thrown off. Don't be thrown off because you can't see the ending. And what you expected to happen has not happened. God is writing history. And God is charge, is in charge of history. So just keep praying. Keep trusting. Your story's not finished. I'm getting up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not. I may get knocked down nine times, but I'm going to get up ten times. And I'm not going to quit. The devil will hit you. Life will hit you. I may get knocked down. But bless God, I'm getting up. I'm not going to quit. You are an overcomer. The Bible makes it very, very clear. In things, in all these things, you're more than conquerors, a more than a conqueror through him that loved us. When you're more than a conqueror, you overcome. You overcome. God is with you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Wake up and recognize that if you've been through some stuff, God was with you while you were walking through it, and he's with you now. He's still on the throne. He still has a plan for you. He's still working it out in your life. He is not going to leave you. He is not going to forsake you. He has the way through the wilderness, and if you look to him, he'll lead you and guide you and give you a blessing that you cannot contain. I'm pleading with you today. Whatever God is trying to do in your life right now, even if you don't understand it, don't run away from it. Trust God. Let him do what he wants to do in you so you can have the life that he really wants you to have. The thing to try when all else fails is again. The person who really wants to do something finds a way. The person who does not finds an excuse. The person who prevails is the person who refuses to give up. The person with the mental toughness is the person who will triumph. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. The man who can get up one more time than the time he's knocked down is going to be the winner. Being knocked down is not a problem, but staying down is a problem. Get up because success begins by getting up one more time than you've been knocked down.
The Bible declares in Proverbs 24, 16, listen to this. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Again, you're not a failure for falling down. You're a failure for staying down. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is it that keeps you up at night? When you're laying in the bed and your mind won't shut off, what are you thinking about? Let me ask it a little bit differently. What is it that you're worried about? Maybe for you, it's, can I pay my bills? Or this college debt that I've accrued, will I ever get out from underneath it? Am I gonna be able to get a job when I get out? Am I gonna lose the job that I have? Am I gonna be able to afford to retire? Or maybe for you, it's an aging parent. Or what's the doctor gonna say at the next doctor's appointment? Or are my kids safe when they leave the house today? Maybe it's, am I ever gonna be able to make a difference in this world? So what is it that you're worried about? Do you have it? Here's why I ask. Because what we worry about the most often reveals where we trust God the least. Jesus defines the problem so clearly. Jesus says this, Jesus says that the things that you are most devoted to are the things that will determine what you worry about. See, when Jesus taught on worry, guess what topic he launched it with? Money. Money. Money and the stuff related around money because in all honesty, a lot of people really worry about money. They think they're going to run out of money. Do you know that most people run out of life before they run out of money? And we're so concerned about money that we treat it like it's life. Jesus has this way of pulling us back and he's saying, wait a minute, isn't life more than clothing? Isn't life more than a job? Isn't life more than retirement? Not that these things aren't important, but are they life? See, here's the issue. Do you trust in your heavenly Father? See, worriers are expressing little to no confidence or faith in God's willingness and ability to take care of them. In Psalm chapter 62, verse 7 and 8, the psalmist talks about a God who's trustworthy, where he says this, my salvation and my honor depend on whom? Not me, they depend on God. He's my mighty rock and my refuge. Sounds like somebody who's not worried. Trust in him at all times, not some of the time, not when you feel like it, not just with your eternity, not just with part of the things. He says what? Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, your worries, your fears. Pour them out to him. Why? Because God is our refuge. The psalmist understands the truth, and the truth that the psalmist understands is this, is that God is trustworthy, right? God is trustworthy. It's not what he does, it's who he is. He's deserving of our confidence. 
but there must be something to it because a lot of us struggle with it. You guys admitted, why do we do it? Why, why are we so obsessed with it? And I think I, I, after reflecting on this all week, I think I know we don't trust God. We don't trust God. We think that he's actually going to rip us off. That he's not who he says he is, that he doesn't have good plans for us, that he doesn't want to bless us. We think that he just wants to make life hard for us. And so if we can just take control of our life, then it'll be better, right? If we take the reins, then we can make everything better. We can solve all of our own problems and and make the world a better place. I think that's really the problem with a lot of us, right? We just hold on to these things and we think that, man, if I just worry about it enough, I can really change it. I can make it different. We're struggling because we're trying to control our lives. And anything we're trying to store up, years, stuff, money that doesn't last, is pulling us away from the God who does last. And so what I want to say is, if, how, how do we get away from controlling ourselves? Well, we have to then submit ourselves to God's care. And when I submit myself to God's care, I trust Him as my Father. I trust Him as my Father. Anxiety to me is simply me trying to be God in an area of my life that I know I'm not God. Here's my challenge. If right now you are overwhelmed with anxiety, where are you not trusting Jesus? Where are you not trusting him? Sooner or later, your heart is gonna be full of the worries of this life and it's gonna be empty of Jesus. Listen to what Peter says. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? Because he cares about you. Here's the thing. We got to give it to God. And I go to God and I say, God, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. But God does. God understands. Jesus said this, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come and work for me, and I will lighten your load. Why? Because he's humble and gentle at heart. And he says, and then you will find Rest for your soul. It's not our bodies that are crying out for rest. It's our souls. Let me tell you, there's no greater freedom than discovering you're not God and that's okay. Jesus is God and he's good with the stress that comes with the job. But here's the secret, here's the key. My anxiety is constantly rooted in what might happen. Most of our worries have to do with allowing our minds to be ordered by thinking that is untrue. I think it was Mark Twain who said, I have had many troubles in my life, most of them I have never experienced. You die a thousand deaths in fearing one. He points out that the root of worry is the absence of trust. At the end of verse 28, one little phrase, O you of little faith. 
You see, when the disciples worried, what they were saying was, God, you can't be trusted in this situation. That's what worry really is. God, you cannot be trusted in this situation. Worry proves you don't believe that God can take care of you. Worry is faith in fear. Think about that. Worry is faith in fear. Worry drowns faith and hope. Worry is interest paid on trouble before it ever happens. One old man said, quote, most of the trouble I've had in my life never happened. How many of you have done that? You've worried about something and then it just didn't occur. Don't worry, period. It's an absolute waste of time. Worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it will not get you anywhere. God's word says, don't worry about food, fashions of the future. Why? Because he can supply anything that you need. He can supply anything that you need. How do we know that our God is trustworthy? He's been faithful before and he's faithful today because God's faithfulness today is not dependent on the absence of problems, but on the presence of God in my life. And here's the thing, we worry because we don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. But the reality is we've never known what was gonna happen tomorrow. Every day of your life, you've lived in uncertainty. Your future has been uncertain every single moment of every single day of your life. And God has been faithful to you in your past uncertainty and he's been faithful to you again and again and again. And he will continue to be faithful to you in your life. So why are you and I so worried? We get so focused on the uncertainty that we think is in front of us. We don't keep our eyes fixed on our loving heavenly father. Don't you believe that perhaps in a tomorrow that you have no control over that God can take care of you? And we know that God is trustworthy because he will be faithful tomorrow. He will be faithful tomorrow. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Worry for a Christian is irrational because it is... As a Christian, you're someone who says, God, I trust you with all of eternity, with all of my life, all of my sin. I trust you with all of it, God. I just don't trust you with Thursday. He would say, that's irrational. It doesn't make sense. It's a human experience that grabs all of us, but it is an irrational thing. It's just, I trust you with it all, just not tomorrow and not this. Worry is the destructive process of occupying our minds with thoughts that are contrary to God's love, care, provision, and protection. Notice, worry is a powerfully destructive process. It's never constructive. The word worry comes from the Anglo-Saxon word that means to choke or to strangle. And that's what worry does. It tries to choke or strangle us. Jesus reminded us that worry never changes anything. It's never productive. He said, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? 
When we worry, we often envision the worst case scenario. We take a little thing and make it a huge thing. We take a molehill and make it into a mountain. Worry gives a small thing a big shadow. And when we worry, we're almost always thinking, what if? And it's usually a negative future that we're envisioning. What if I lose my job? What if my child starts running around with the wrong crowd? What if the doctor's report is bad? And as a physician, I can tell you that worry is a toxic emotion that affects our health. When we consistently worry, it takes up our mental and emotional energy. In other words, worry exhausts us. Have you ever heard the expression, worried sick? You see, worry can make us sick from ulcers in our stomach to sleepless nights to all sorts of illness that have, illnesses that have been directly related to worry and stress. Well, what do we do when we're faced with the temptation to worry? Let's look at our passage in Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This passage tells us that we shouldn't allow ourselves to worry about anything. Think about that, nothing. Instead, we should recognize that worry is a destructive force that's coming against us. We should recognize that worry is a trap. The enemy is trying to get a, a foothold in our lives so that he can choke, choke us and steal our joy and peace. We need to simply turn the things that we're worrying about over to God. Talk to Him about what we're going through. Tell Him every detail of what we need. Turn your worry list into a prayer list. You'll never worry your way to a solution. Paul said, don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything. That sounds good, but if you're not going to worry, what do you do? Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Everything means everything. The picture is in your little anxious moments and in your monster anxiety attacks, approach it the same way with prayer, thanksgiving, and worship. That's not your normal reaction. You try to fix things and manage the crisis. In nothing should you worry and everything you should pray. Too often we do the opposite. We worry instead of pray. Little things cause you to, should cause you to pray, not worry. Big things should cause you to pray, not worry. In this passage, Paul doesn't say that your concerns aren't legitimate. That is not the sense or feel of this. In fact, it's the total opposite. Paul says, go ahead, make the list. Acknowledge all of it. Everything that worries you and siphons off your joy, make the list. But when you're all done with the list, change the heading instead of things I am worried about, things God can handle. See, because he looks at that whole list and there's not one thing on there that has God nervous, intimidated, or afraid. He can handle all of that. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Isn't it funny how you and I are comfortable making hundreds of decisions every day we never talk to the Lord one lick about. We never even attempted to. And then we wonder why we're encountering things that we are. 
God says, I want you in everything by prayer and supplication. When you're anxious, here's what I want you to do. Talk to God. You're not going to have peace any other way. The verse clearly, and Paul clearly is saying, like, hey, when you're overwhelmed, pray. Tell God, hey, this is what I'm overwhelmed. This is what's going on. God, will you please change this? And if not, I trust you. And you will experience peace. Peter says it like this. Cast every worry you have upon him because he cares for you. And the psalmist says, cast your burden on the Lord, releasing the weight of it, and he will sustain you. See, when we, fr- when we pray, we simply cast the weight of our worries onto God. We release the weight of our worries from our hands and turn them over to God's hands. When we're dealing with anxiety and depression at high levels, one of the first things that goes is hope. And we start to feel like, we start to believe this lie that says, you're always going to be that way. It's just your lot in life. You're never going to be able to change. Your loved one's never going to be able to change. It's just who you are. It's just who they are. We're just stuck. And I just don't believe that's the the case. And I want you to start to get something already on the inside of you today that goes, I'm going to believe my God for more. Amen? Listen to this. May the God of hope, and I love this, may the God of hope, because like I said, hopelessness is one of the things that we start to experience first when anxiety gets bad. God says, that's not what I have for you. I have different for you. I have more for you. I am the God of hope. And I want to fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Notice that's the opposite of anxiety. That's the opposite of depression. The God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, I don't want you to just get by anymore. I don't want you to just make it through your day. I don't want you to just eke through life. I want you to be overflowing with peace and joy and hope, not only so it changes your life, but so that your life change starts to leak on everybody around you and it begins to change people's lives everywhere you go. He says, I got more in store for you. The promise we have when we choose to pray and cast our cares instead of worrying The promise we have that when we choose to be thankful instead of worry is found in verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Receive by faith God's peace that exceeds anything we can understand. Have you ever experienced that peace that is absolutely indescribable? When the circumstances are screaming, you should be overwhelmed and worry. And yet there is a peace that is beyond description. Friends, there is a supernatural peace that God has available to us that's beyond anything that we could ask, think, or imagine, or even understand in the natural. So here's my encouragement to you tonight. When we're tempted, let's make a choice not to give in to worry. Let's make our worry list, our prayer list, and pray and cast our cares on God. Even in the midst of difficulty, let's maintain our attitude of gratitude And as we do that, by faith, let's receive God's supernatural peace and let it guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. 